Why, hello there, and welcome back to Joygasm, where we chat about video games, movies, and pop culture. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He's Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich, and this is episode 81 today, July 22nd, 2018. This particular episode is going to be dedicated toward San Diego Comic-Con 2018, and we'll be jumping into that in just a moment. In fact, we're going to be actually getting a uh, phone call. Well, we're going to be calling our good old friend Brad, who was actually at Ground Zero going through the whole rigmarole of the, the entire event. Unfortunately, neither Steve or myself was able to actually go this year, but we'll be able to, to get kind of a nitty gritty of sorts when we chat with him. However, I suppose we could just get into what we've been up to so far this week. Steve, how are you doing? Well, Russ, uh, I'm glad I've yet to get sick from you, although that might change after today. I don't know how much of this virus is still lingering in this room, let alone your house. You never know. You're quite the brave soul mm. to be venturing back into Mikasa. Yeah. <laughs> There's something amiss in the air. <laughs> I can't smell it, but I know it's present. <laughs> yes, we'll see if you're a big pile of snot in about four days. Yeah, hopefully not. I mean, I got it. If, if that were to be the case i would have to get it early so i can get over it early because i'm going to be in uh canada the uh the first that's right in august so i don't want to be like trying to be romantic and and dripping my slobber and snot and <laughs> play some tonsil hockey and you end up Ugh. hocking up a loogie and ah, passing it over yeah that's what keeps relationships together, Steve. <laughs> you want to play catch? <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, otherwise, I've I, let's see. I've watched a couple things. I pilfered uh, what was it, the Halo Five from you, mm. and uh, so I'm nearing completion of that. And I must say that it's a lot better than Halo Four. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. I hated Halo 4. Oh, man. See, I'm the opposite. I loved Halo 4. I really was disappointed in Halo 5. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for Halo 4 whatsoever. I started playing it again on the Master Chief Collection, and I, I just didn't have the will to even pass the first level. I, eh, I, I can't do it. I'm done. <laughs> um, but, no, I, I don't know if, it, if it's more like the graphics boost or the, the better level design or whatever it is. I, I don't know. I, I, I am enjoying it more than I did Halo 4. Well, there you have it. So, I mean, well, there was... Oh, I won't get into that. There, there's, there are some things I don't care for. I mean, they, they still aren't quite to the bungee level of like Halo 1, 2, and 3. Uh-huh. But I do see it as an improvement. Jeez. You and I are very opposite on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. You you like the, uh, the new race of enemies that we're fighting. I wanted them to go finished that what we started with the brutes i didn't think that was all wrapped up yet but mm. um yeah this new race this new species i don't know it's, they don't seem i don't know biological it just seems like they're ai mechanical slapped together i don't know it doesn't seem like it, it's like with the covenant you, you knew that was a threat you knew it was real like it was this alien existence with the yeah. brutes same thing even with um 
What were those uh, germy looking dudes? The, uh, the flood? The flood. The even germy even looking with, dudes? <laughs> yeah. The ones who had a bad day <laughs> blowing their nose. Yeah. Even those guys, you knew that you know they were biological, they were living creatures, and they came from somewhere. It just seems like this new alien species. What if it's just maybe it's Forerunner. Just Forerunner. Whatever. Toyota. Um, <laughs> You're a moron. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just not really into it. But <laughs> anyway, uh, so I've been playing that quite a bit. And I, let's see, I'm, I'm, I didn't want to get to the level of pissed offness uh-huh. that you got to. So I'm not playing it on legendary mode. I'm playing it on hard. Mm-hmm. Hard as in heroic? Uh, heroic, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm almost done with it. I feel like the story is about wrapped up, you know? That's good, Steve. Anyway, well, is, is, you're looking at your phone, looking at me. Is, is Brad waiting already or what? Uh, well, I did tell him that we would be contacting him momentarily. So, I'm just, I'm making sure I have him queued up, which I do. Okay. So, please continue. Well, let's see. So, when the parents were visiting... Mm. The parental units. The parentals. Dad wanted to watch Total Recall with Dear me. Dear old dad. And so we rented it. We this watched is the, it. This is the original This is the Arnold original Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzen governor. Uh. Yes. Schwarzenschnitzel, as he likes to. Two weeks. It's <laughs> like one of the best parts Two ever. weeks. Man, I tell you, those movies that were rated R back then, those action movies, uh-huh. those were violent movies. Yes, they were. I mean, if you compare that with with rated R, vi- what's you know violent today, dude, there's almost no comparison. Like, people were getting blown to bits and blood splattering here and there. And, and It was a uh, bit more sensationalized back then than it man, is today. It's crazy. But the story is still good. I, I still enjoyed it as a movie. Hey, man. <laughs> I got five, five kids, kids to feed. feed. Uh, I think towards the end, though, they were so drawn out when they uh, when they when they're get thrown out of that that oxygen oh, yeah. sure. thing and they're just gasping they're exposed for, to the, yeah. the the Mars like, atmosphere. Okay, let's go. Let's finish it up. Okay, but the story was great. I mean, as far as you know, stories oh, go, it's a classic. Yeah, for sure. So let's see. And then I watched that Apple movie that uh, that I let you borrow that you have yet to turn back in. You've had yes. it for two weeks. That's great. Yes, I find it uh, kind of. Um I don't, I don't know. It's 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 surprisingly amusing in a way that the family is so obsessed over whether or not I have watched it. And every time I said no, I have not had a chance to watch it. That then the immediate response is, "Well, we'll just sit it over here and we'll watch it." It's kind of like, you guys, I'll watch it. It's not that I'm not going to watch it. Well, I am going to watch it. I'm I need just to, I'm a busy man. I need to put it back in the mail, Russ. Why is that? Because is, is I, there is it a time? limit thing. Yeah, I'm paying to have three DVDs sent to me, and so you're mm. holding on to this one, which means I'm getting, I'm paying for three, getting two. I see. Well, right. I will make it a point to watch it this week. Thank you. Just to make sure you get your full money's worth. One thing that I I wish they did in the movie, they interview a lot of the the original It's good to see you, Core Apple stuff. It's good to see you, too, You, you know, just looking at you, you know, you you haven't been here in a while. You have excused I yourself. Yeah, I perhaps have. even recused yourself <laughs> in certain capacities due to the fact that my oh, family has man. had the head cold of Indeed. July. Indeed. Anyway, I did not mean to completely derail you. What yes, were you saying? You did. Well, I was going to say that 
I've seen a few of these different Apple movies, you know, Macintosh movies, whatever, and no one ever really interviews Wozniak. Like, why doesn't anybody take Wozniak aside? Everyone has high high praise for Wozniak. He sounds like just the the the, the guy you'd love to be friends with. Mm-hmm. You know, pick their brain a little bit. Like he's honest, sincere. I mean, everyone has nothing but good things to say about him. Mm. But I wonder why all these Apple movies are made, and they all talk about Steve Jobs. And they don't bring they don't bring Waz in. Well, the Waz tends to be a bit more of a uh, reclusive type. You know, you, he, he'll come out every once in a while for like an interview or little things here and there. But he really wasn't much into the spotlight um, like Steve Jobs was. Steve Jobs was all about well, the attention. Well, yeah, he was all about sure. being the glorified salesperson. And so, yeah, I think it's a little, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be curious to hear more about more of Steve Wozniak's perspective on things. I mean, that he definitely had a ginormous impact uh, on yeah. the success of Apple. So. Right. Well, that's cool, Steve. And let's see. The only other thing, I, I started to, to season two of Black Sales with all the CFDs we've been playing, so I got back ah. on board of that one. So anyway, started season two and uh, going to be continuing that one. And that's about it for me, Russ. Mm. So uh, how about you? Oh. So other than playing some Sea of Thieves with you, as well as a little Overwatch, I really haven't played a whole lot of games because I have been involved with building Hmm. the set backdrop for Joygasm. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is going to be used when we finally make the, the big move to video mm-hmm. as you, of course right now we're, we're just limited to audio we're doing the podcast thing limited to money too ross let's put it that uh, way. yeah the budget of course uh prevents us from being able to make that move as uh quickly as we would normally like uh so we're trying to approach it with a uh, more of a, a frugal kind of perspective of things however where we are right now though is um i'm, I'm really excited about it. it's funny because this past weekend has been extremely hot here in texas we've had temperatures that range from 106 to 112 degrees depending on the time of day and um <laughs> i thought to myself well this, what better day to, to be in the garage and uh, have it be an oven where you're working doing hard manual labor than a day like today <laughs> And so it was actually, it was a lot of fun having uh, my father-in-law come over. He's a builder. He's very experienced in this area. And so um, he is helping me realize this uh, this fun idea that we will be using. And, and it involves a lot of four by fours and uh, nails. So, yeah. No nails. No nails yet. <laughs> but um, got to tap back into kind of the, the, the wood shop days. And so it was fun to be able to go back in, use, uh, I can't remember if it's called a miter saw or a bandsaw. I, I'm always, I'm terrible when it comes to this Something stuff. that cuts and <laughs> sharp. Exactly. Makes a lot of noise and a lot of sawdust. Uh, which, by the way, is particularly fun when you are sweating profusely and you have sawdust caked on top of your sweaty body. It's... Um, it's very uh, fuzzy wuzzy was a bear kind of thing. It's, mm. it's very interesting. Sawdust is like sand. It kind of gets uh, in every little. It does. Yeah, nook and cranny. Actually, in my situation, um, I experienced what it's like to get it inside your eyeball. Oh, yeah. And that uh, that's a little irritating. You uh, didn't wear any 
protection, Russ? Well, at first I was thinking, I'll just, I'll just like man my way through it. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll just deal with it, whatever. And after about the 10th block of wood that just, you know, completely sprayed me in the face with wood chips and sawdust. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get some eye gear. At first I thought I'm going to cut this. I'll just close my eyes and therefore nothing's going to hit my eye, you know? And then I lost a finger. And then I realized, why am I? Uh, hmm, okay. Go to the hospital. But anyway, it, it's been a really fun experience, just despite how hot it has been. I, I don't know. I've been enjoying it. I've been loving it. It's been a really fun opportunity to be able to, to make something physical. It's going to be like, like for instance, of course, our, our listeners can't see what we see. But in our, the room that we are in right now, if you look at the wall, it's going to be seven feet um, long and seven feet high. Mm. So it's, and we're going to have it. So it's going to appear as though it's kind of like floating on the wall, which is going to be really, really cool. But, um, the idea behind it is that, have you ever seen a skyline diffuser? Yes. So it's in the same visual approach as a skyline diffuser. For those of you who don't know what a skyline diffuser is, oftentimes a lot of, um, audio engineers, people who are very hardcore into making like just the best kind of studio for music, if you're recording music or if you're doing podcasts, singing, whatever it is, um, oftentimes you'll have these and they're made up of these different sized blocks of wood. And so the idea is, is that as sound waves come f- through um, the speaker or wherever it's coming from and it hits up against the Skyline Diffuser, it helps to actually um, kind of dissipate the sound in such a way where like if you have like kind of like a, an average room, the sound waves kind of bounce and reverb all over the room. And that's what causes all the echoes. This helps to help. It's, it's weird. It's like, it, it almost like it almost confuses the sound waves, if you will, in a way where like when it hits against it, it's, it starts to bounce off of all these different um, angles and sides that the blocks have. And so because you have different depths of the, each one of the rectangular blocks, um, it helps to just kind of almost absorb the sound in, in a kind of a unique way. So we mm-hmm. are going to have that as a big visual element behind us when we go to video and people can see it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be lit up in a fun way and everything else. But it's it's a big first step. We still have a lot to do, but I thought it'd be fun to be able to kind of give you, as well as everybody else, kind of an update as to what's going on. Because we've been talking about it periodically here and there. And of course, <laughs> we're not video yet. Uh, <laughs> we've so. been setting a goal and then <laughs> resetting the goal and then uh, just not carrying out the date anymore. We, we, ju- we just keep, yeah, we, we just keep uh, missing the date over and over again. But I do think it is is important to let everybody know that, hey, we are very much actively trying to push this through. And I've been taking some pictures, some video and stuff, and um, I'll be posting that up on our Patreon page so that all of our um, patrons can actually get an insider look as to the process of what we're doing. So, and maybe if you're lucky enough, Steve, I'll show you too. Thanks, Ross. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to enlist your help to uh, perhaps do some sanding because we need to make sure it is splinter free. Mm. Don't, don't want you uh, getting poked. That's something I'm very good at. <laughs> sanding. <laughs> sanding? Mm-hmm. You do that a lot? Is that on your resume, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Additional skills and uh, certifications. Mm-hmm. Sander. I mean, it's going to be a labor of love, but it, it is a part of the overall passion project that is Joygasm. And so I, I'm going to be really happy once everything is put together and we can actually just share it with everybody. So 
that's kind of like kind of the the gist of what I've been doing. I've, I've really not been able to, to do a whole lot else other than, of course, with Sea of Thieves, we are going through trying to get all the doubloons with the current bilge rat uh, statue mermaid situation in which I think I'm now around like 82 out of 100 for the final one in order to score 50 doubloons. Mm. So we'll, uh, we'll have to see if, if uh, I can get all 100 before the, the time is up, which I believe is going to be on Tuesday. I've been told from other gaming buddies that Tuesday or Wednesday of this coming week is probably going to be when it ends. Well, I better get on it. Absolutely. So <laughs> let's go jump with both feet into our San Diego Comic-Con topic of the day. And um, as I mentioned earlier in the program, our good old friend Brad actually went there. He was able to experience everything. So I thought it would be fun for us to actually give him a call and um, actually hear it directly from him as to just what he thinks of uh, just how everything went. So I'm going to try and FaceTime him via audio. And we'll see if we're able to get in touch with them here. Oh, oh Russell, how are you? I'm good, Bradley. How are you? Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> are you happy and tired? I am. It was, uh, there we go. It was, uh, it was a fun Comic-Con, but, you know, it's freaking tiring. <laughs> <laughs> how many steps did you walk, would you say, uh, like per day? Oh, I, I wrote it down because I remember we talked about that last year. So um, 68,000 steps between Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. 68,000. And then another 10,000 today. So it was basically just under 29 miles Thursday between Thursday and Saturday. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, fun. Now, in, <laughs> in retrospect from last year, do you recall – I almost want to say that was probably pretty close to how much you walked last year. It feels like that's about in the same ballpark. It seems like it's uh, always kind of, you know, 20 to 24,000 steps a day. Um, yeah. Which, you know, doesn't sound too bad, but it, it's we've decided it's the shuffle walk and it's the standing <laughs> that just kills you. You know, it's it's. You know, you're wall-to-wall people, so you're not able to take real steps. And you just stand in the same place for hours. I remember that. Literally. The standing (laughs) is what killed me, too. Like, the walking was like, okay, I could kind of deal with the walking, but the standing, it's like when you you actually are standing for one hour or two hours or three hours, all of a sudden, I think, like, the blood starts to kind of, I don't know if it's pooling at my feet or what, but it starts to really (laughs) get painful after a while, but... Um, I, I'm not sure that's how blood works, but yeah, uh, yeah we'll go with that. <laughs> I get a little stiff, a little stiff in the, the, the leg department there. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not like you stand still and all your blood goes to your feet and your head shrinks, but uh, yeah, I get exactly. what you're saying there. <laughs> Just so you know, too, good old Steve is here. Sup, Brad? What's going on, Mr. Perkins, too? <laughs> 
So I thought it'd be fun to be able to perhaps, uh, I know you, you probably saw an absolute ton, but I was hoping that we could take it like day by day, but just, just kind of what were the, the kind of the highlights of Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Cause I don't believe you were there on Wednesday, if I remember correctly. You know, we, we did outside stuff today and we didn't do, we did not do preview night. Um, so we actually did some cool, uh, offsite stuff today. So I can definitely fill in kind of what we did there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I'm that, that would be good. I would say let, let's start with Thursday. So you get there, um, your your hotel, if I remember correctly, you guys actually got a hotel that was farther away this year. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we, we've been lucky over the years. And I, we figured this is our ninth time going. And I think... Oh. Uh, they're hardcore, Six. dude. I know, but good grief. Nine <laughs> times. Nine <laughs> times. And uh, we're expecting both of you guys out here next year, by the way. No. But, uh, the I think six of the nine years we've been you know, one of the, the surrounding hotels right by the convention center. So we've been spoiled. Um, absolutely. So this one, uh, we were, we were all of a mile and a half away. I mean, it, it's not that far. So yeah. walking it in the morning wasn't bad, but at the end of the day, after, uh, you know, after putting nine, 10, 11 miles on your feet and having a bunch of crap that you bought that you're mm-hmm. carrying, uh, mile and a half seems, uh, seems like a marathon. Uh, did you end up Ubering back to the hotel at all? No, so we actually so so Comic Con has a really cool shuttle system, and when you when you book a hotel through um, On Peak, which is kind of the Comic Con official, you know, hotel people, mm-hmm. um, like two bucks a day uh, goes towards the shuttle, hmm. and so we've been paying into the shuttle for nine years and never set foot on it. I was going to say they, I don't remember us taking this at all. Well, dude, we were like. You would you wouldn't take a shuttle for the hotels we were at when when you used to come out, right? Well, you know, can, can you use them for restaurants? No, so it's it's literally a shuttle route. Think of it like a bus route, okay. right? You know, it picks you up. We were on the pink line, so you'd get on the pink shuttle, and it would uh, it would go to the embassy, which I think you and I stayed at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but nobody ever took it to the embassy, just too close. And then it would, you know, do the loop up the street, drive the extra two-thirds of a mile, and it would stop at the uh, Spring Hill Suites, which is where we were at this year. Um, so, yeah, we used the shuttle going back. Man, I got to tell you, I mean, it's from when we got on the shuttle, which, first of all, air-conditioned, which is a great oh, thing. Oh, nice. Um, to when we were getting off at the uh, hotel, it was like, you know, five to ten minutes. I mean, it, real quick, real easy. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it worked well for us to walk in the morning to the convention, and then just take the shuttle back at the end of the day. And that was, uh, that's what we did every day this week. Um, and it worked really well. Oh, good. Um, so it, yeah, no, it was good. Did it bring um, you there at four in the morning so you can stand in line? So it actually does run 24 hours. <laughs> 24 um, hours. That's great. So I, they run 24 hours. They only run, you know, during, during crazy ass time. It's, it's like every half hour or 45 minutes, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during the convention itself from like eight in the morning till eight at night, it's like every 15 minutes. I mean, it, it's just constant. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean, what, you know, this year, the big change, um, and we'll talk kind of segue this into talking sure. about Thursday. The big change was how Comic-Con handled exclusives, uh, both from a shopping standpoint and from an autograph standpoint. Mm-hmm. So in the past, as 
Steve was making fun of me a little bit there. Uh, <laughs> getting in line at four in the morning. Four I, in the morning could I could never oh, do dude, it. I could never do it. That was a late morning was four in the morning. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> you know, it's, it's 11 at night, 10 at night. We did a 5 p.m. once for the next day. Um, we totally need to torture Steve. I, I, Whenever we get him out there, we're no. going to have oh. him spend the night on no, the grass. No, no, no. What, yeah, what, but, I'm, what I'm going to do, because I'm not a morning person. You know where you want to see a, a real walking dead zombie then, then wake me up in the <laughs> middle of the morning. I am like not the... So what I would do is I would stay up all night for you guys because... Th- I'm that's easy for me. I'm I'm a night owl. Nay, no no problem. And then someone can can take over like, you know, at seven in the morning or something. I'll go back and sleep. I'll be like, okay, you know, pick me up uh whatever. And that'll be yeah, that. Well, er- everything changed this year though. So so partially in an effort to control lines, partially in a uh security uh for security, um all of the exclusives that we would used to camp out for went online lottery. So in the past, we would get in line at you know 3 a.m., 4 a.m., whatever it might be, with the goal of going in and drawing an autograph ticket or trying to get a Hasbro ticket, or you know some people in the group would try to get into Funko or whatever it was. There was none of that anymore. That was gone. So those lines in the morning that used to wrap under all of these tents and then all the way back by the marina, mm-hmm. um, those were gone. Those lines really didn't exist. Oh my um, gosh, that must be a just a crazy just I don't know because everyone, if, especially for you guys, for going nine years in a row, you get conditioned to see that over and over and over again. Where you see those like huge lines, and now <laughs> you're telling me that there's there were there were no lines at all. There was no line wrapping around the dock or harbor area anything. So not for the exclusive. So they they do two lines. So you've got one, which is what they call everything else, which is uh, (laughs) basically everything except for Hall H. You know, Hall H being the big presentation room where they've got 5,000 people in there to hear about the big movies and all that. Mm -hmm. That line was still there. Hall H still had their big old line. You know, that, that piece didn't change. But the everything else line, so that could be getting on the floor, it could be going for the exclusives, it could be going to Ballroom 20 or any of the other panels. Um, that line was was still there, but basically non-existent compared to prior years. Um, so because all of the exclusives had, had gone to an online lottery, the only reason to line up would be to get, her, get a better spot to get onto the floor early. Or if you wanted to get into Ballroom 20. Mm. Um, so it really, you know, I, I would say 80% of the people who used to line up stupid early didn't line up stupid early this year. Yeah. Um, you know, even the, uh, you know, there were only six of us in our kind of our core group that were there. I would say most mornings folks were arriving at like 8.45, 9 o'clock. And you oh, just kind wow. Of, you know. Walk right in the door, you get in line to get on the floor, and that was it. How different um, is that? It's man, I'll tell you, sitting in the hotel room at seven AM on a Comic Con day did not register with my brain. Um, you know, by that point I'm used to be, you know, having been in line for multiple hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so sitting there and going, Okay, we're we're setting the alarm for six AM. Are we sure that's what we want to do? Yeah, I think so. You know, it just it was <laughs> Totally bizarre. I think that the uh, silver lining of that, though, is just, I guess nobody was tired during the entire Comic-Con experience. It, it changed It, it changed the entire week. Um, so, you know, 
certainly still tired, but it's really more just the, you know, all the blood rushing to your feet tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to the, I only got two hours of sleep tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as a result, some of our friends went to a, a you know, fairly big party on uh, Friday night. We went to a comedy show last night. I mean, there's just, you know, stuff that we never would have done before simply because of being up at two or three in the morning. Right. Um, we were able to do some of those evening things. So that was pretty cool. So let, um, let's go into Thursday. So you get there, yeah. you get registered, everything else. Tell me about what were some of the, the, the big dealios on Thursday for you? So we drove down on Thursday morning, which was also a change for us. Usually, you know, we've spent the night on Wednesday, but yep. we're, you know, cutting it back a little bit this year. It's like, yeah, let's just drive down Thursday. So drove down, got down there about 730 in the morning and uh, called our hotel. And they're like, yeah, your room's ready. Come check in. <laughs> All right, cool. Didn't expect that at 730 in the morning, but no complaints. <laughs> um, so got checked in. We walked out to the convention center. You know, one of the other changes from when you used to go, Russ, is they actually mail you your badges. Right. Now. Oh, they, they so mail it to you, you now. You don't have to pick them up. No. So yeah, it's, there is no registration on site. The only thing you do is you go and you pick up your, uh, your bag and you pick up your lanyard and you know, that's how, it. But how are the bags this year? Do they have any cool looking bags? They did. You know, it's WB sponsored the bags again, like they have every year that I'm aware of in mm-hmm. the, the recent past here. So, you know, there's, there were some of the newer, uh, newer shows. You've got some legends of tomorrow flash, you know, some of the older ones like your, uh, supernatural, uh, arrow, you know, all, all of their big shows were on the bags. Um, but they also started last year doing pins, which is kind of cool. So we got a couple Joker pins. We got a oh, cool. Wonder Woman pin and a Green Arrow pin. Um, is it just like a commemorative, like, oh, here's the 2018 pin? It, it's exactly. It's just kind of a little character pin. And, you know, there's 12 different uh, twelve different ones, and that's about it. So pretty straightforward. Um but yeah, so it, it was cool. It was easy. You know, we got in, started, just really walked the floor on Thursday. Didn't have a whole lot planned or a whole lot scheduled, which uh, unfortunately for the excitement of the uh, podcast here, a lot of the story you're going to hear is we walked the floor and just kind of <laughs> wandered around. Um, <laughs> you know, in the past, we would do a lot of uh, a lot of signings and, you know, try to get into a lot of those. And, you know, with that all going lottery, that is is no longer, uh, that was not something we focused on. And, and you guys um, had a rough go of the whole uh, raffle system. <laughs> I, I don't think you guys, did you guys manage to get anything at all or not? So, okay. So my, my family of four, everybody put in for roughly the same stuff and figured, okay, if we don't hit, you know, if I get something that my wife wanted, you know, we can do the trading, whatever. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so we put in roughly about 80 things per person. Now that sounds crazy, but you know, it's like, oh, you want a time slotted Hasbro? Yes. Okay, here are the 12 different options. And it's like, I'll just put in for all of them. I don't really care which time slot I get, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so 80 sounds like a crazy number, but you know, honestly, 50 of those were probably shopping, you know, time slots. You just had to put in for multiple for each spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I hit zero out of 80. <laughs> Um, one of my kids hit zero out of 80. My other son hit one out of the 80, which was basically, he got a, uh, a shopping slot at UCC, 
uh, distributors for like 1230 on Friday. Uh So at this point, we're like, what is that? One for 240. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Awesome. Awesome average there. Uh, My wife is the one who got lucky. She actually hit three things. Oh, Um, so she got a signing with Krypton, the uh, Amazon Prime exclusive show, kind of the, uh, you know, before Superman, what was uh, what was Krypton like? Mm -hmm. Um, So she got that one for Saturday. She got a a Lego Deadpool uh, minifig, which is really cool. And then she also hit another Lego which was um, a uh, Aquaman and Storm um, exclusive Lego. So that's cool. You know, too. She hit, yeah, she hit three pretty good things. Um, so yeah, we kind of went, okay, hers isn't bad. But then we kind of looked at the other three of us and went, wow, that was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, our other four friends who went, um, they each hit one thing. They each hit a different Lego, you know, purchase option thing. Uh, but that's it. So, I mean, out of roughly 640 entries that the eight of us put in, I think we hit eight things. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it the odds changed. The, the event changed. Um, but again, not necessarily a bad thing just to change. So I got a question because, you know, you know, I've never been to one of these things. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> But so I, I have ideas going in my mind of okay, I, you spend money to fly out there, you spend money on the hotel, you spend all this time in line, and then it's like <laughs> a, a toss up of like, okay, I have a set amount of stuff I want to see or get or buy or whatever, and it's like, okay, here's twelve things. Maybe you'll get them. Maybe you might not get any of them. And so I think, man, if I don't get anything, that means I'm spending all this money and time to wait in line, and then I'm basically just walking the floor at that point if I don't get anything I wanted to get you know, coming in there. I mean, is, is am I wrong or is yeah. it kind of like that or? So you, it depends. You, you have to go in fairly open-minded. And I think that that really is the key. So, you I know, if you Vegas sit down and, and a bunch you, of money or I can go open-minded in the comic con, <laughs> not get anything either. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, you, you could absolutely, you know, you could drop, I mean, for a family of four, I'll, I'll tell you, I mean, it, it's, you know, this, this is like a $4,000, you know, oh, yeah. trip. I mean, it, it is not, uh, this is not cheap. Um, so, yeah, you can absolutely drop, you know, for one person, 1500 bucks between flights and hotels and everything else. And you could walk out with uh, none of the stuff that was on your list. But, <laughs> but, 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 I guarantee if you go in open-minded, you're going to have a good time. You're going to find something fun to do. That is um, very true. Like, one of the big things about San Diego Comic-Con is that you, it is, at least when I went, it was impossible to be able to see everything because there was just so much happening at the same time. Like, you had to literally pick and choose what you wanted to see. And then the stuff that you missed, hopefully you either had a friend that went and saw it. You could talk to them about it, or you would find out through like, I don't know, IGN.com or, or other places that actually would cover the event. So hundred percent. I mean, it, it's, you're right on there, Russ, that hasn't changed a whole lot. It's actually gotten worse. Cause a lot of the, uh, you know, back when you went, the, the offsite stuff was like, Oh, Hey, Here's a couple of the old Batmobiles taking mm-hmm. a picture with them, right? And that was it. Um, there are now off-site events that cover the entire back of the convention center, across the street. I mean, there there's probably 15 or 20 different off-site events that you can do that, uh, 
you might love. You know, we, we did. And I know we're bouncing around a little bit, but too bad. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk about Sunday. Then we'll go back to Thursday. All so right. today we did today we did some offsite stuff and we did the uh, the and I'm going to butcher this. I, I can't remember how you guys say it. Overwatch? No. Overwatch. There you go. Steve can do it. Come on, Steve. <laughs> Overwatch. There you go. So yeah, we did the uh, Overwatch payload tour. Oh, that sounds uh, interesting. Which is pretty cool. So that was an offsite over at uh, the Omni Hotel. Cool. You go up into one of their ballrooms and, you know, you wait in line as, as you are want to do at uh, Comic-Con. And then you get up there and they've got like uh, replicas of some of the, uh, the weapons and the shields and, you know, the different stuff. They put you on a spinning platform with a green screen behind you. And you and your friends all spin around and you're oh, kind of doing the victory this. poses. So, yeah, we did that today. That was an offsite. I never would have thought that I would have as much fun as I had doing that uh, that little payload tour and looking at the video. And it's like, oh, my God, that was so cool. Did they give you uh, a copy of the video? Of course. So that way you can share it on your social media. So that way you can hashtag overwatch payload too absolutely um <laughs> so you know promotional for them um but yeah it was a lot of fun and you know they had a guy there dressed up as a uh, grill master 76 and you nice. know just uh you know so it's little things like that that really have expanded in the last two or three years that you really you know you don't want to miss but you don't know what all's out there um yeah that was so. that is the one thing that has always confused me about san diego comic-con is that there really isn't like a place to go where everybody has all of their information posted. It's almost like the day of they do kind of like this organic style marketing where they'll, they'll kind of let something out of the bag and then it's kind of word of mouth or maybe you'll, you'll, you'll just happen to stumble upon it. And it's always kind of confused me because I for one would love to be able to know precisely what is going to be shown, especially <laughs> considering that like, well, to your point, Brad, the, the the convention experience has gone beyond the San Diego building and now right. the hotels, which there are several hotels that are kind of within, like you said, like kind of a mile to two mile radius of, of the convention center itself. They are playing host to several companies. I mean, I, I know that like, I think Microsoft had a presence at one of the hotels. Sony had another presence at another um, hotel and they, I mean, they deck it out. They, they really go all out with all their decorations. And then you get to play, of course, a bunch of cool games. They'll oftentimes give you like some cool posters and that sort of thing, but it's not limited to gaming. Mind you, like they also have different movie studios that decide they want mm -hmm. to do it. It's, it's really interesting to, to see this, this thing kind of trending as it, as it has been for the last several years, I suppose a question I would have for you, Brad, is this year, have you noticed that it has expanded even further than previous years or, or has it kind of stayed the same now? You know, I, I would say that over the last, uh, it's about the same as it's been for the last two years, two or three years. Okay. Um, feels like it really expanded about three years ago and it, it stayed about at the same size, but no, I mean, it, it's, um, you know, FX takes over the lawn between the convention center and the Bayfront. They've got different things going for all their different shows. You know, we did one for Legion today. We did one for Cosmos. They had some <clears throat> something set up for Mayans, um, you know, American Horror Story. You know, they probably had eight or ten different things set up that you could do. Um, 
just on the lawn between the uh, convention center and, and the Hilton Bayfront hotel there, mm-hmm. um, you know, across the street, uh, walking dead had an area they called dead quarters, um, with a huge slide. They had, you know, a thing where it's like you're putting walkers into a grinder and there's blood and guts coming out. Um, there was a South park escape room across the street, DC for their new unlimited, um, streaming service that's coming up later this year. Oh, I didn't know um, they even had that. Yeah. Oh, man. That was their big, uh, one of their big pushes here. Um, so DC Universe um, is kind of what they're calling it. And it's going to have, you know, you'll be able to download comics. You'll be able to watch some of the movies. They're going to have original content. You name it. Um, and this is so all going to be on like DCComics.com or what? No, it, it's a separate, you know, think of it like a Hulu or a Netflix, right? Okay. Um, but they haven't actually so said like, what the name's going to be. It's going to be a completely separate um, app. Oh. So, yeah, it, it just, you know, yet another subscription service that I'm sure you'll put 10 bucks a month into because <laughs> that's, that's the world we all live in now, right? <laughs> of course. So, um, but they had, uh, you know, they had an off-site event. Um Castle Rock, the new Hulu show, kind of based in the Stephen King universe. They had a big presence there. Um, Sci-fi had some stuff going on. So, yeah, I mean, there were just a ton of different uh, off-sites, you know, whether it's TV, movie, you know, everything. Now, I noticed that um, over the, the course of the time that you were there, you did send me some pictures of some different video game companies that you did visit, one of which was... Um, uh, Bioware. Bioware had a presence there, and of course they were pushing Anthem. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So yeah, that was actually uh, you know they just were doing a signing, so some of the uh, the crew from uh, Anthem were there, including Casey Hudson and a couple of the other folks, and you know just doing a little bit of promotion with the Dark Horse uh, people. Um, so yeah, it was cool. I got to get a signing with those folks. And then at the same time, or right after that, there was a God of war signing at the same booth. So that worked out well. That's so um, cool. And then of course you got the, you got Corey's signature on that one, right? Yeah. He was uh, very, very, very friendly. I was, I was very appreciative because I loved that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, got a, an autograph from him on a pretty cool God of War poster there. And did so, I hear you correctly? You said that this was going on at the, at the Dark Horse um, booth, or yeah. So it's there's they've got some comic tie-ins with both uh, Bioware and okay. with God of War. So that's kind of how they, you know, how they ended up there. Did they have their own booths separate from Dark Horse? No. So as far as uh, kind of video games go, um, you know, Nintendo had a booth where they had uh, Smash running. Um, Microsoft had a booth, but it was all merchandise this year, no games. Um, And then PlayStation had a small, small booth with just a, um, you know, just merchandise as well. Uh, Beyond that, Square Enix always has a pretty decent sized presence. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, their big push was the Kingdom Hearts uh, game. Um, that was actually, you had to show up bright and early in the morning and get a ticket to come back at some later time in the day. So I didn't, uh, didn't ever get a chance to play that one, but I, I watched a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider and then the new Dragon Quest up there as well. How did the Shadow um, of the Tomb Raider game look? It looks amazing. It okay. looks amazing. I cannot wait for uh, <laughs> for September 
Um, Steve always teases me. He always says how I'm just absolutely infatuated with bow and arrow games, which I mean, it is true. I love my bow and arrow games. (laughs) There've been some good bow and arrow games over the last few years. There has. That's that's not a knock. I mean, that's uh, those are good games. Um, So yeah, Shadow of the Tomb Raider um, looks amazing. You know, I, I actually stood in line for a little while to play it. And the problem was the demos they were letting folks play ran about 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, exactly. So you start looking at the watch and going, okay, there's three stations. Okay. I'm number four in line. And those guys just started playing. So I'm not touching a controller for an hour and a half. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, Um, I I couldn't do it. I mean, it, it would depend on the game. Like, that's a long time, though. 45 minute wait. Yeah, no, dude, that's an hour and a half wait. I mean, that's 45 minute demo, which yeah. means, you know, it's, I'm not in on the next round. So it, it's going to be an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was where I kind of went, yeah, I think I'm good. I'm going to be buying that game anyways. But, you know, I stood there and watched for about 10 minutes just to kind of get a feel for it. Sure. It looks, you know, it looks a lot like the last two, um, which is awesome. Which is awesome. You know, looks, looks better um, just from a visual standpoint. They've got, you know, the lighting effects and everything have really stepped up. But, uh, yeah, it looks looks like another Tomb Raider game, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you actually get a look at Anthem? So, Anthem, they had a video running, but that was it. And it was it was the same stuff from E3. So, okay. nothing, uh, nothing really new there. Now, <clears throat> on the video game note, though, I did get to play spider-man on the ps4 oh okay so <laughs> i want to know all about this it was so is it good so um first of all you know the the web swinging is amazing um nice. it's fast it's responsive you know you, you've got a couple different things you can do as you're swinging to kind of speed yourself up or you know shift where you're at if you run into a building, you just hold R2 and you can actually run all the way up the side of the building. Um, so very fluid, very fast on the movement, which was one of my one of my concerns because there have been some Spider-Man games where the, uh, the web swinging doesn't necessarily work all that well, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so very much, um, very much enjoyed that. Um, the... Um, uh, the combat was very Arkham, um, which you know, I expected, honestly. Yeah, it, it's it's Arkham, but it's faster. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, so it's uh, very fluid. Um, the difference is, you know, in Arkham, and this this is something that I think you're going to have to train your brain on, right? So in Arkham, when you go in and you're fighting a bad guy, and then all of a sudden he gets the little squiggly lines over his head, you go, okay, I've got a counter. I've got to get ready to block. Right. Well, on this one, you've got to be looking at Spider-Man because he gets his spidey sense, and that's when it tells you that you've got to block. That's cool. I like that, <laughs> um, though. It, it is, but, you know, when you're playing a demo, you're just kind of going, wait, what? Oh, shoot, okay. Because, <laughs> um, you know, you just you automatically default to the old old uh, Arkham games that I've played many, many hours of. Um and I, I kept looking at the wrong people and I'd get hit. And I'm like, oh, so um, really smooth, looks great. Uh, cannot wait to, you know, for September when, of course, that comes out on September 7th, followed by Tomb Raider on September 14th. Uh-huh. So, 
yeah, I got nothing to play right now, but September <laughs> I've got a bunch of stuff. Well, now I also um, saw too that they were teasing a brand new PS4 Pro system. Steve, have you seen this? No, I have not seen it, Ross. It, it it looks really cool. Like the the system itself is like that Spider-Man red color. And then on, mm-hmm. the, on the, the main face of it is the white spider icon. And then, of course, the controller matches with the red and kind of white and silver and stuff. Um, you should actually look on your phone while we're talking about it because it. I may, you know, I don't own a PS4 Pro. I just have a PS4. But looking at that, I was thinking, that's a really cool collector's <laughs> item. I think I may have to pick that up. So it's funny you said that because when I, when I saw it, I went, okay, Time to upgrade my uh, my regular PS4 for a Pro, and I I already have my order in on Amazon. Oh, um, congratulations! So yeah, that was you know because I got a 4K TV a couple months ago, and you know I'm like, all right, one of these days I'm going to get the Pro just to you know get the most out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was my moment of okay, fine, I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, like I said, it, it to me they they executed it so well that it's going to be just a nice collector's item. Just you know, once the PS4 is uh, officially in the the vintage uh, asset class, I guess you could say. I'll still enjoy. It. Yeah, that's it. That's 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 the one. What do you think? Yeah, uh, it looks kind of cool. It looks pretty. <laughs> uh, it's pretty red. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, obviously, it's a major departure from what the the original PS4 looks like. But I I dig it. I think I think it looks super cool, and I I think I'm going to enjoy it for uh, many years. Even after like it becomes like a glorified paperweight, I think it's still going to be really, really, really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely, I I agree. I'm not. I like the system. I don't love the look of the controller. You know, the red on the controller with the white buttons, but mm. you know, I, I I agree. I love the look of the system itself. Yeah. Now moving a bit over to sideshow collectibles, which of course we don't um, we don't cover too much on the show yet. That's going to be something that we're going to be doing a whole lot once we actually make the the transition to video. But it's pointless to talk about it just when we're on an audio podcast. But um, it goes without saying, I absolutely love sideshow collectibles. I have many statues um, that I've collected over the years. And it looked like <laughs> this year in particular, they had quite a few statues that I was just on the, on the limited amount of, of video that I saw. It looked like they had quite a few dynamic poses this year, especially with the X-Men characters. I noticed that there was like a rogue that looked super cool. There was mm-hmm. a Psylocke character that looked great. Uh, there was an X-23 that just looked amazing. Uh, that was kind of a companion piece to the Wolverine statue. Was there a Gambit? There was no Gambit. This I think time. Gambit would look good as a sideshow collectible. He would look. You're not the only one to say that. Actually, there are several people who have been clamoring for a Gambit to be able to have proper representation. But no, it just seemed like the Magneto one. I wasn't too crazy about. Um, but in terms of of all the other characters that I did see, I was very impressed with just the the kind of the X Men lineup that they had. And each year they they'll, they'll come out with like, oh, here's like three or four new ones. And of course, because there are so many characters within X-Men, you can just continue to just kind of enjoy that trickle. But um, I think um, definitely Rogue. Rogue is one of my favorite X-Men. Ever since I read the comic, I always loved the character Rogue. And I feel like that that statue really did a nice job representing the character. But of course, Brad, you were there. What did you think of it? I... You know, I, I didn't spend as much time in Sideshow as I probably would have liked to. Um, the X-Men line as a whole looks pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, you know, their their big focus still seems to be the Court of the Dead. Um, they had a oh, few really? new poses on some of those as well. Yeah, very much so. Um, so, saw some nice ones there. Um, there was a female character that I don't I didn't recognize who she was. Uh, I can't remember exactly what her name is, but I remember like one of her hands was almost see through. Is that part of the Court of the Dead, or is that a different character? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, Russell. Oh, I've actually seen <laughs> so, something that Bradley has not. Very well, interesting. Well, you didn't describe it with a whole lot of detail. I got, uh, there's a woman <laughs> character who has a hand. There's a chick. I don't know what her name is. I don't know what line it is part of, but it may or may not. The, I, I don't the biggest the biggest part was that one of her hands and forearms was like see-through which was very different considering that you don't really see that with statues like in terms of like the materials that they use and i don't recognize her i mean i'm pretty competent when it comes to like the different comic book characters and with her i was like man it's she she struck me basically as an original idea from Sideshow. And I don't know if it was necessarily a, a part of the Court of the Dead line or if it was something else that they were doing entirely. Like there was a, a rebel Terminator that I saw that I right. think was a part of their mythos line. Is that right? I saw the rebel Terminator. I don't know if it was mythos or not. Um, their booth was, uh, let me just say their booth was not as well organized as prior years. Oh, that um, sucks. So in, in the past, and it was because they brought more stuff, so plus and minus, right? Um, in the past, their booth was fairly open, kind of, you know, it's a bigger booth. It's one of the biggest booths on the floor. Yeah. You can get in from any direction and, you know, just kind of look at stuff. Um, this year, about 50% of their booth from the outside was blocked off by um, displays. Mm-hmm. So the other thing they did is they had a lot of signings going with some of the different artists as they're continuing to grow their uh, their premium art print brand. Um, and so that would take a portion of the booth as well. And then they had photo sessions with, uh, you know, different costumed characters. And that was a portion of the booth. It was not a very easy booth to just kind of hang out in and absorb um, oh, what they too had. That's um, So, yeah, it... Uh, you know, I, I don't remember specifically what line the Terminator one was part of. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, did, I do remember seeing that one as well, and that was pretty cool. So I thought from the pictures it, it was a really nice statue. Yeah. they, they I mean, the Sideshow does a fantastic job. I mean, you know, that, that goes without saying that they, uh, they do a nice job there. Yeah. And, of course, I have to thank you yet again for uh, humoring me. <laughs> I, I, I found out that um, Huntress was done by Prime One Studio, which is one of my all-time favorite statue uh, manufacturers. And the, it was, I guess it was part of the Jim Lee Batman Hush comic book storyline. And I guess they're mm-hmm. doing all these different characters. And, she, I mean, just from your video, I was like, oh, man. It, I am really, really happy about this because Huntress actually – never made it into the Rocksteady Studios games. If you if you recall, no. Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. And I was really surprised, especially with Arkham Knight, because I was very much anticipating that she would make a cameo of sorts, and she never did. And so... As a result, like with me, like that is one of the lines that I'm collecting personally is I absolutely love the Arkham Knight collection that Rock or excuse me, that um, Prime One Studios has, has been working on. And... I really do believe that when I pre-order that one, that that one is going to make just a perfect addition to kind of the Arkham Knight line that I have. Because really, when I look at it, it it has 
kind of an Arkham Knight style to the character itself. Did you did you feel that way when you were looking at it, Brad, in person, or did you think it was a departure? No, I absolutely thought that uh, you know everything they had there as part of the hush line could have fit into a rock steady Batman game. Okay. Um, you know, it, it definitely had that style. It had that look. Um, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I will be definitely pre-ordering that on day one because it's just it's a gorgeous statue. It's gonna make, like I said, it's it's, it's gonna help round out the characters within that line that I'm I'm going for. But jumping back really quick to the to the X Men statues, I noticed that there yeah. was kind of a trend with Sideshow this year in the sense that they were really trying to give that more uh, mid-flight or jumping in the air kind of feel. Mm-hmm. It was almost like, like they were able to, to discover a new way of engineering these statues to be able to have like a considerable amount of the mass of the statue look like it's like floating in the air. Um, and I know that there was one that was done by, I think it, it was based off of a um, Stanley art germ Lau yep. print and it's of Supergirl. And that one also yep. like, again, just judging from the limited amount of what I saw, it actually looked pretty cool. Yeah, that was one that stood out. You know, I, I enjoy Art Germ's uh, work as much as you do, and mm-hmm. so I definitely wanted to seek that one out. Um, I was really impressed with what uh, what Sideshow was able to capture on that one. Yeah. It really does have a very dynamic look. It looks like she's midair. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. I know that you're kind of maxing out on the space in your house in terms of, because you, you also have a considerable amount of statues <laughs> in your repertoire. But having said that, were there any statues that you saw that you're thinking, oh, you know what? I got to add that to the collection. You know, there, there were a couple that I'm going to um, go back and kind of look at and potentially order. Um, they had some smaller scale Court of the Dead statues, you know, rather than going with the uh, the quarter scales, they were even smaller. Um, so a bit more affordable as well. So I'm going to ch- take a look at some of those. I might do the Supergirl from, uh, you know, from Art Germ there. Um, but yeah, there, there were quite a few that I, I was impressed with um, and could be ordering in the near future. You know, the... Uh, the Court of the Dead has been where I've I've put most of my purchase uh, power in the re- in the recent years. So um, you know I, I will probably be ordering a couple different uh, poses from some of the characters there. But uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. So what are some of the other big announcements that you um, heard about or that you witnessed while you were at Comic Con? You know I I, uh, I went to one panel and this fits well with your uh, with your podcast here. It was the Sea of Thieves panel, oh. uh, where they spent a bit of time talking about the upcoming Cursed Sales um, expansion. Um, that was actually a really cool panel to sit in on. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. was the uh, the moderator of the panel. Oh my gosh, <laughs> which was kind of funny because you know at one point he talked about his age and he's basically my age, and I'm like, wow, okay, that my world just changed. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he was telling some stories about, you know, his experience playing the game. I guess he's a big player on, uh, on sea of thieves. And, you know, it was funny. It was a lot of the stories that I've heard from you guys. Um, hmm. so, you know, it, it's, you know, he was telling a story once about, you know, he was online and there was this kid and, you know, he's in his crew and this, this kid who clearly had no idea what he was doing. And they went over and, he goes, you know, Sea of Thieves really lets people tell you who they are. You know, yeah. are are they naturally good? Are they naturally rogues? Are they, you know, really, who are they? What are they going to do here? Um, and this kid was just struggling. And so, you know, they gave him some tips. And the kid's like, 
hey, thanks so much. You know, really appreciate it. <laughs> and a uh, couple minutes later, you know, the kid, the kid sails off. Life is good. And, you know, they're going around a corner and all of a sudden this, this pirate crew is coming to hunt them down. And next thing they know, this kid comes charging in. I saw you guys. I'm here to help. You know, and he's got uh, awesome. um, TNT, you know, strapped to the front of his ship. <laughs> and he just rams this other ship and there's an explosion and his ships get the kid's ship is going down. And he's like, all right, guys, I'm logging off. Thanks. You know, and so as he's sinking into the ground, he's waving at him. And, <laughs> you know, funny. he just he came in and saved the day. And it was, you know, we were all just dying. It was uh, it was one of those where I haven't played very much. See if the sort of made me go. All right. I really get what the developers were going for here. And. You know, they, they likened it to, uh, you know, to a playground and um, just kind of talked about, you know, we want you to make your own story. So it was just funny. It, it really did uh, match up very well with what you guys have been saying about the game. We need uh, to get you in there because I think you're going to be enjoying it quite a bit, especially considering that there has been a considerable amount of new DLC that's been dropping that kind of helps flesh the world out a bit more. And, and especially, I think the, the, the latest was a cursed sales. I think mm-hmm. it's supposed to be coming out. Th- I'm not sure if it's this week or next week. I, I think-, think they said the 31st. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, but you know, by the end of the month, that's right around the corner here. So um, yeah, no, we'll absolutely have to do that at some point though. Cause I, I definitely want to hop in and check it out. And I, you know, I went with our friend Chris, and he's like, "That sounds fun. I think I need to try that game." So, oh sweet, get, yeah, it'd be great to have him, him in there, there as well. So, um, does he have an Xbox? Oh yeah, he does. Oh, yeah. Okay, for some oh, reason, yes, I thought I knew he had a PS4, but I couldn't remember if he had an Xbox. Oh yes, Chris plays very many games. Oh, very good. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so you know, that was really the big one. I, you know, I didn't go to a whole lot of other panels. I, I didn't see a whole lot. From an announcement standpoint, you know, we got back this afternoon and uh, just just unpacked the car and trying to get the feet rusted, and that's been about it. Um, now, of course, before we go away from Sea of Thieves, you also texted me a certain picture that uh, <laughs> indicated that you scored a pretty exclusive piece of Sea of Thieves swag. Yeah, so for going to the panel, they uh, they distributed DLC cards for a Joanna Dark inspired, Perfect Dark inspired uh, uh, mast or you know ship head or what are those uh-huh. things called? I'm blanking on it, but what is it the called? Thing Steve at the is front like, of the boat with the person on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the masthead uh, or figurehead or so, it's uh, a hood ornament. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. It's it's the hood ornament for the ship. Yes. Um. So those are pretty cool, and those were uh, yeah, just given out to the folks who attended the panel. So you're not going to see a ton of them out there, but uh, you know, there are probably a couple hundred people in there. So yeah. Well, it sounds like it's definitely been a different Comic-Con experience than in the past. I mean, just to your point, I think due to the the raffle system, it has really changed the dynamic where in the past it was all about how hardcore of a fan are you? Are you willing to spend the night in a particular line or are you willing to get up super early, like get in line at like 3 a.m. or 2 a.m., something like that. And I remember even when I was going year after year, there was a bit of a a competitive vibe that was occurring every year. And everybody as a kind of a general body of 140,000 or however many people are there, it was like it was kind of this collective consciousness where like, 
everyone said, okay, next year we're going to be more hardcore than this year. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, no one really got ahead because everybody just strategized the exact same way. And so it's, it's really interesting to hear you talk about how this year it sounded more like you just kind of walked around on, and if you happened to stumble upon something that was going on that you were able to, to get in on, that's fine. But otherwise um, there weren't as many of the, the big drawings. Cause I remember back in the day we would have all kinds of drawings for the like 20th century Fox or WB mm-hmm. um, so on and so forth. And, and then the, you'd be able to actually get quite a few of those signings, which was always a kind of a, um, an exciting moment of the day kind of thing. But yeah, it's, it sounds very different. And, and I'm actually surprised too at the level of presence that the video game companies have there because it sounds as though they, they definitely are, are taking more of a vested interest. And of course, I, I did notice too that, that um, you know, Greg Miller, he actually was emceeing some of the Hall H stuff that was going on. That was a kind of a first time thing. Um, it does make me wonder if perhaps he was tapped to possibly run this thing just because I think that tends to be more of a Chris Hardwick um, deal, more, you know, kind of a gig that he does oh. and due to a lot of what's been going on lately um, in his life and, and what, what's happened uh, with like kind of an ex-girlfriend, I believe it was. Uh, I wonder if, if now Greg Miller has been given the opportunity to fill in. Well, and I, I don't know that Chris Hardwick, didn't traditionally do the video game panels. You know, he would do the walking dead and he would do a couple of the others. Um, you know, Greg Miller did the Marvel, uh, Marvel games panel. Um, you know, there's different moderators for every panel. Um, Yvette Nicole Brown replaced, uh, Chris Hardwick on the, the walking dead panel. And I mean, she's replacing him on talking dead, at least on a, uh, what do they call it? Interim basis. And you know, that's a nice way of saying, we're going to wait to see how things blow over. Um, (laughs) yeah, so, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Greg Miller obviously has a, has a, has a good following, has a good reputation in that space. Um, I think he's moderated panels at Comic-Con before. I don't know that he's done, you know, something like the, the Marvel one. Okay. Um, you know, Larry, Larry or Herb Major Nelson has done the Xbox panel in the past. They didn't do a true Xbox panel this year. You know, it's just the Sea of Thieves one. Um, so it just, it, it kind of depends on the year, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I feel like the video game companies, like you said, you know, they, they've got a good presence there. Um, they didn't have the Xbox lounge that they've had before where, you know, it was the whole room with 30 different games, you know, that, that, that hasn't been there the last few years. Um, Nintendo still had their lounge over at the, uh, at the Marriott next door. So, I mean, there's definitely a presence. Yeah. One of the, the more on the movie side of things, one that I would be really trying to get if I was there was the Venom signing. I heard that Tom Hardy actually <laughs> made an appearance and he autographed Venom posters for a lucky selection. I don't even know how many people they, they let in for that, but it looked like they gave like these cool um, handkerchief bandana things that, that <laughs> you could wear across your, your, your face. And it, and the, and it's, it's almost like what like motorcyclists would wear, you know, when they're when you're sure. going out and biking stuff, but it turned your mouth into the venom mouth. It was, it was pretty sure. cool. Um, but anyway, huh. like, like they actually had some video footage of Tom Hardy coming in he's just all casually dressed and he sits down he's giving like fans uh, high fives and handshakes and stuff and signing this thing. I was like, man, how cool would it be? Because I mean, 
I mean, Steve, you can jump in on this. I mean, we're both big Tom Hardy right. fans. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be just limited to Venom, but of course, also he was in Batman, of course. And then, um, well, I'm, I'm totally blanking on it, but it, it was the the world the World War II film. Dunkirk. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Inception. I mean, there, there are tons of, of movies that he's been in that I would just, I think I would be pretty giddy just I'd probably be grinning like an idiot watching him sign the poster. <laughs> He's grinning ear to ear, high hand of a poster. Here you go. Sign. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Uh, Tom, uh, my, I'm Russ. <laughs> I get all cotton mouthy and my breath's all terrible. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, exactly. Listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> so were, were there any other uh, comments that you wanted to make, Bradley, or is that pretty much sum it up for you? You know, that, that pretty much sums it up for me. The last thing I'll, uh, I'll say, and then I'll drop off and let you guys wrap up your podcast here, but uh, you two need to be here next year. At the very least, uh, you need to do WonderCon or you know, some of the uh, you know, small to mid-sized conventions we have out here in Southern California. Um, you know, there were folks promoting everything from podcasts to art to you name it. Um, so start planning now. Joygasm, San Diego Comic-Con 2019. It needs to happen. I think, I think you're on to oh, something. Boy. We'll have to take a look at that. Bring plenty of Red Bulls. <laughs> so there you go. Hey, guys, thank you for, uh, for having me. It is uh, 622 out here in California, and I'm going to bed because uh, enough. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Brad. See you, Brad. All right, guys. Hey, have a good one. We'll talk to you later. See you. Well... That is quite a difference, I got to say. What a weekend. So that whole thing is like just a weekend, or is it a whole week? It, well, okay, so the way it works is that you have what's called preview night, which is on Wednesday, yeah. and usually you'll have about four hours. Oh, so it starts Wednesday. Kind of. Okay. A very limited amount of people can actually go to preview night, which is great because that means that the floor is not flooded with bodies. Mm-hmm. You can actually <laughs> crud. Yeah. You, you, yeah. The comic <laughs> crud has not reached critical mass yet, but what's nice about it is that it allows you to strategize what you're going to be doing for kind of like the, the half week that you're there. Right. Because it goes from Wednesday night and then you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you have four full days of comic con <laughs> madness. And so for like myself, for instance, Artist Alley is one of my favorite parts of Comic-Con because especially when you go to San Diego, you have legit artists that work for gaming companies or movie studios or whatever. They will have a booth and they will um, be selling some of their prints that you can get that they'll sign it for you. Or if you're lucky enough, if you catch one early on, some of them will actually do commissions where like you pay them a certain amount of money and within like a day or two, they'll actually have a commission uh, piece for you, which I've like in the past, uh, one of my favorite artists is Alvin Lee, who for those of you who play street fighter, um, you know, he, he was one of the, the main concept designers for that. And he's, he currently works over at riot games right now, but I was able to get a commission from him one year of Batman and the following year Catwoman. And I feel very, very fortunate because I don't think he actually attends SDCC at least over the, the past several years. So I know he's extremely busy. He's got stuff going on all the time, but it's great to be able to have that within my my collection, of course. But yeah, a buddy of mine had an artist. He didn't say who uh, he was there, but uh, he had him draw a little custom something something for him. 
right there on the spot that he bought. So. That is awesome. Yeah. And of course, um, we didn't really talk about this when Brad was on the phone, but um, going back to Stanley Lau, um, he goes by the name Art Germ. He was there. He's been there year after year, and he will yeah. oftentimes bring his prints with him. And so Brad was kind enough to actually go over and score me some prints to add to my my <laughs> art germ collection because uh, the score guy is so talented. Or steal. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Yeah. And got maced in the face. Yeah. And then he just got hidden in the crowd. No one knew what happened. <laughs> score. Um, but yeah, it does sound a lot different with this raffling system. And I, I don't know what to make of it. Honestly, I'm used, I've been conditioned to get up crazy early, pick which lines I want because of based on which movies or TV shows are going to be there and then try my luck at drawing at it. And and I've had some good successes in the past. I've gotten quite a few posters signed by different folks who I thought I would never meet in my lifetime. And it was, it was just a fun opportunity, but this raffling system, I suppose I would be okay with just because I'm not as young and sprightly as I once was. So therefore I'm probably not as willing to wait in line or spend the night on the ground and that sort of thing. So I don't know. I I suppose you and I will. uh, Okay. First of all, you need to go to San Diego comic-con whatever. And for nothing else, I just want to like to see how you're able to cope with it. I'm not, (laughs) but man, it will be a lot of fun for the two of us to be able to go and cover it for joygasm. One of the, the other things that I thought, um, we could take a look at is, at San Diego Comic-Con, of course, you have the, the huge movie studios and they're making their big announcements for certain films. Mm-hmm. So at this one in particular, there were four big trailers that dropped. One was for Aquaman, which is coming out later this year. I'll put that on our Facebook, by the way. Oh, thank you, Steve. You're welcome, Ross. I have uh, watched it uh, once. Have I, you have you watched it, Steve? Yes, Russ. Okay, and I I think I know what all the the rest of you are going to say. Godzilla mm-hmm. and uh, was a Shazam. You know, I don't know if it's pronounced Shazam or Shazam. I mean, we've talked about this on the program before. It's Shazoo, <laughs> uh, and there was Teen Titans. So there was Teen Titans, but the other one I was going to say is that there is an updated trailer to Fantastic Beasts. Too. Oh, I think I, I haven't seen that one, but I, I saw that it was out. Yeah. Well, I thought Steve what because must? I have only seen the trailer to Aquaman, but I do think it's important that we do watch it just so we can give our kind of impressions of, of the film itself. Mm. But I thought that we could watch those four trailers right now. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, let's see. Show me the one I haven't seen yet. Show me, show me the beasts. The Fantastic Beasts. All right, let me get it queued up. Here. Wasn't there a movie that was called? Uh, oh, I think what was it called? Either like Sexy Beast or something Beast. It was a. Oh yeah. Uh, I have to MDiv it. Yeah. Anyway, this is the second trailer here, and uh, let's take a look. I'm scared, Professor Dumbledore. Everyone is scared of something. Ridiculous! Mute? You're up next. That's an unusual one. What Mr. Scamander fears above everything else is... Having to work in an office, sir. (laughs) Go ahead, Mute. 
Ridiculous. Magic blooms only in rare souls. I'd probably refuse to. It's late. Good evening, Newt. Oh, come on. You underestimate your talents, Mr. Scamond. Your arrogance is a key to our victory. Muggles are not lesser. Disposable. You're too good, Newt. You never met a monster you couldn't love. Freedus! Mr. Scamander! Do you think Dumbledore will mourn for you? I'm alive, but I'm an alchemist and therefore immortal. Oh, Nicolas Flamel. Jacob Kowalski. Oh, oh. You don't look a day over 375. That actually looks really good, in my opinion. I don't know about that one, Rudd. Let me ask you a question. No. I'm going to ask it to you anyway. Have you ever been a fan of the Harry Potter movies? No, not really. Have you watched any of the Harry Potter movies? Only the first. Only the first one? Yeah, I, I went with a friend of mine uh, back in around, when was that out? Around 2000 or so, 2001, 2, 3, 1, around there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, I just couldn't get into it. I, just, I, I saw it, it was whatever. I mean, it wasn't terrible, it just wasn't my thing. Yeah. And then the second one came out, everyone went nuts, and I thought, well, I'd didn't really like the first one enough to see the second one. So interesting. I have seen all of them. I thought, I mean, like I thought they were fun. Mm. I think that in terms of the movies themselves, I wanted them to get a little deeper. They kind of almost kind of, um, they felt like they were spinning their wheels at times. They got a little stuck in the mud. It seems like it was the Lord of the Rings for the little kids. With more magic. Kind of. I mean, it, to be fair, those films were geared a bit more toward children. 
Uh, but like I said, I, I mean, I thought they were decent. I thought they were they were fun for what they were. If it were up to me, I think it would have been fun to have dived a bit deeper with like the character journeys and that sort of thing. But I have not seen the first Fantastic Beasts movie. This is, um, of course, the sequel. And I mean, visually speaking, I mean, it's, there's a lot of creativity going on in there. If you're not interested in going to see that movie, Steve... Maybe I'll take the wife and we'll go. Uh, I guess she, check it out. She likes uh, the uh, Harry Harry Potter. Actually, I don't know. Hmm. I have I know that she has seen a couple of the films herself. I think she is curious to see the rest of the the series of Harry Potter. In terms of the Fantastic Beasts, I have to ask her. You know, maybe I'll solo it. You never know. <laughs> and if I can't get someone to go, I just get them myself. <laughs> So. That'd be a self date. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those like I'm gonna be by myself in the theater. I don't want anyone else around. I'm just gonna watch a movie and eat some popcorn. Self, would you like a drink? <laughs> yeah, self. That sounds like a great idea. You're so generous. You're welcome. <laughs> self, would you like some of my popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> I think instead I would like a tasty treat. Oh, self. Maybe what some a- milk duds. <laughs> Maybe some peanut M&M's. Those are always good. You can't go wrong with the peanut M&M's for sure. Okay, so what uh, trailer would you like to see next? Let's see. What we, I've seen the Aquaman. I posted it. I've seen the Godzilla one. I have not seen the Godzilla one. Okay, well, let's show that one. There, right. Right. Let me cue up the old Godzilla one. Hopefully I'm not advertising nothing beginning. Okay, here we go. No, no, we're all good, Steve. Our world is changing. Recognize her? I do. The mass extinction we feared has already begun, and we are the cause. We are the infection. But like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. Its original and rightful rulers, the Titans. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And unless all the Titans are found, Our planet will perish, and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on.
looks a bit like a popcorn fest. Not really much in the way of deep plot, but I had I actually enjoyed the first Godzilla movie quite a bit. And it, again, it's not like some deep film or anything like that, but I definitely enjoyed the the visual spectacle of the whole thing. I definitely liked that Godzilla more than the, what was there was a Godzilla movie that came back at, at like was 1999 or 2000, and that one was not very good. No, I don't. I didn't see any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to uh, I'll have to take your word for it. Yeah, no, that one looks like a special effects fest, mm-hmm. and not much of a story. I mean, I kind of heard the you know the humans are the infection, and you know quite a few different times. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, <laughs> just trying to the next jump one. the gun a bit, Russ. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, I mean the cast of course contains quite a few folks who I always enjoy seeing on screen. Um, yeah, it, it, it didn't look, like like I said, like a particularly deep movie, but I think it's going to be just park your brain at the door, have a fun time, watch as the devastation and destruction... It's going to be commences. an IMAX, so, uh, you know. Well, are you willing to see that with, with me, Steve? Perhaps. Right. I'll have to wait till it gets closer. To you tease, yeah. oh, Steve. <laughs> I am a tease. So the third one here is, again, it's either Shazam or Shazam. I've got to figure this out because that's one of these things that just drives me up the wall. But let's... Shazay. <laughs> let's just take a look. You've run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance because that's what they're giving you. This is Billy Batson. Make sure you make him feel at home. They seem nice, but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around here. Dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. If you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? So they can fly away from this conversation. No, because heroes fly. You need your fake family to stand up for you? Hey! Man, sorry about that. Go, go, go! Grab it! Get out the way! Bailey Bats. I choose you. Let's take you. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. There you go. Wait, for real? Say Okay! Shazam? Ah, ah. This is Billy! What is happening? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Cape Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the BM, BM to the AM. You have super strength. BM, you just got Can you fly? If I quit your BM, I still rock my safety. If I quit this season, I still be my <laughs> You okay? Why are you talking? BM. Sit down. You know, I don't think that's going to buff out. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. What the hell? Like a bad guy, right? Shazam! 
got bullet immunity. I'm bulletproof. <laughs> You're dead. Sorry about your window. Have a good night. You're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. Again, another one for the kids. I think that one can actually be pretty fun. You know, the guy who um, plays Shazam, and thank God I now know how to pronounce it, is um, Levi, who actually was the host of Nerd HQ. And Nerd HQ was something that um, would go on at San Diego Comic-Con. You didn't know how to pronounce Levi, Ross? What? You said, thank God I know how to pronounce it. Oh, no, I was referring to Shazam. <laughs> Cause I keep going back and forth. Cause like in, okay. So in justice Two, the video game, when I'm playing the character, he refers to himself as Shazam. But now in this movie, it's Shazam. So I'm just going to moving forward. Okay. I shall always refer to him as Shazam. Okay. Unless otherwise legitimately corrected. <laughs> but no, it looks like a lot of fun. He, so just to give you an idea, I don't know if I've ever told you about this, but he um, actually did this thing called Nerd HQ, which was actually a charity. And what he would do is, um, he, because he works in the entertainment industry, he would actually get other various celebrities to come on and just have their cameos. It's almost like a talk show kind of thing, but it would only occur, I believe, at SDCC. And so you'd have a bunch of fans who were at the, the, the Comic-Con and they would make up this studio audience. And of course they taped it live and I think they put it on YouTube and everything else. But the whole point of it was that all of the sponsorships, all the people who put money into it, that sort of thing, they would just donate a hundred percent of the proceeds to some sort of thing like, like um, foster children or breast cancer or whatever it is. And so it was, it was a really cool thing just to be able to participate in while you're having fun at Comic-Con. And so I'm happy to see that he's able to, to get into some sort of role like this. Now, I know that you and I have already seen Aquaman separately, but I think that you and I should see it together and uh, be able to comment on it okay. fresh. Okay, Rush. Okay, does that sound good to you? Love the green screen. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life is a way of bringing people together. You could unite our worlds one day. Check it out. Arthur is talking to the fish. Brother King Orm is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pet talk ever. I want to strap in. Sir! 
choice. Can't save my home and the people that I love. You think you're unworthy to leave because you're of two different worlds? That is exactly why you are worthy. That was awesome. That looks really good. Yeah, that's the movie they should have brought out before Justice League. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, they should have done the standalone films. And of course, we talked about this when, like when we were talking about Justice League itself. But man, I think the biggest thing about this, and of course, I, I'm the most excited for Aquaman out of the four trailers that we just watched. And that's saying something because in the past, Aquaman has always gotten such a bad rep. You know, people don't take him seriously. They think it's a kind of a goofy character. And I really do think that Jason Momoa has single-handedly completely turned that whole perception of Aquaman onto its ear. What do you think? That's because the chicks dig him and guys all want to be him. You know, Russ? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, I mean, I think he pulls off... Aquaman, like like the the version of Aquaman as Jason Momoa, I for one can get behind. Like I just I can see him being this able-bodied person who's like this this aquatic superhero of sorts. I mean, he he effectively having him in the role just silences all of that criticism, and instead now it's like, dude, I want to see the movie. I want to find out about this origin story because for me, like I never uh, was into Aquaman. I mean, I'm, I'm a Batman guy. And so I don't really follow any kind of uh, origin story of Aquaman or whatever, other than I know he's, you know, he's can swim in the ocean and he has a kingdom of sorts and he can talk to the, the sea life, that sort of thing. But are you interested in seeing it? I am. And I hope they stick it true to the other origin stories that they had where, you know, the bat, the Batman movies were very well done and the man of steel movies in my opinion were very well done some people didn't like them i really liked them um yeah but i did too when they when they got all together for the justice league it was like everything was just it was a toss up in the air of let's just get it out before the avengers so we can make a bunch of money sort of thing i thought what happened yeah so i hope they go back to their roots and bring out a really good movie and you know some of the humor in there it seemed like it was a little bit forced so i hope they don't do it that way you know how you know my feelings about that if one and if and if anybody has been listening to the show they they get where i'm coming from with the with the forced humor and the awkward humor and whatever whatnot so i do hope they keep it relatively serious with humor thrown in every once absolutely yeah you know, comic relief and jason momoa like i always loved his kind of like throw caution to the wind party bruh kind of a uh, uh, approach to the, the character itself. I just, I get it. I know I've read online how some people are like, no, he's too like, he's too much of a bruh. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, that's awesome. Like I love 
It's just who he is. I mean, th- th- he's not even like acting like that way. Have you ever seen some of his home videos? The dude is insane. He does all this crazy physical activity. Like I've seen one where like he takes an ax and he, he like from far away, he throws this thing. He hits a bullseye every time yeah, or, I like, seen that, yeah. or he'll like run and just jump off a cliff into the water. And he's just having fun swimming really, really deep without, you know, fins or snorkel or whatever. I mean, it's just like, man, this guy, like he's perfect for this role, but <laughs> he did. All that was a buildup just so he could get the role, Russ. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I have respect for the guy. I, I think that it's, especially in today's world where like, I for one don't really see too many male actors who have that kind of machismo in a way. It's, it's not the annoying kind, but it's just that like real man's man kind of a thing. Like Chris Hemsworth is another one where like him being Thor is just awesome. And of course, um, just a lot of like, I follow him on Instagram. It's great to see him playing with his family. And of course he's also very much an outdoorsy kind of guy and that sort of thing. So anyway, did you have any final thoughts regarding what you heard about with this year's Comic-Con? It sounds like it's not as mayhem as it once was. Maybe they're trying to get it straightened out. Uh, I think they need to get it more straightened out. I mean, if I, somebody new like me, I mean, and they're not going to obviously, you know, rearrange everything for, yeah. you know, newbies because a lot of folks who are committed to going like Brad's going to go over the 10th year in a row next year. <laughs> Good grief. So people are going to go regardless, but, um, I mean, I, I don't know. The one that, that question I asked Brad when you you spend the money and you go out there and you stay up all night and you're trying to get all this stuff that you want to get, like, well, at what point do you do you you know just say yeah I did it once and that's good enough? A buddy of mine went there and he was like, yeah, that was a crazy experience, but I don't know if I go again just because of, of how uh, they they do everything, how like the the systems are are done with the lines and the the, the swag and. Everything's too much of a toss-up where you're taking time off work, you're spending money here, you're spending money there, and I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and I think, too, when when it comes to Comic-Con, I think it in terms of your enjoyment, like what you get out of it, it definitely is an experience. It's not for everyone because you really do have, I mean, it is the hardcore of the hardcore fans that go to this thing. Right. And they are willing to do just about anything to, in order to, to get that autograph or get that. Uh, Comic-Con exclusive, that sort of thing. And even with us dedicating, and we've been talking about it now for about an hour and a half, um, we have barely pecked the surface of just what was at Comic-Con. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things, whether it's piloted TV shows or like the Hall H like for instance, there there was a footage that was played for Wonder Woman 1984. It's, it's the sequel to the Wonder Woman movie you know, Brad wasn't in hall age. We have no way of looking at that, but right. it was, it was just for those people. So, and, and I imagine that we're probably going to continue to get more of the kind of the, the, the headlines or the announcements that were made at Comic-Con over, over the next, I would say several weeks. And I think that uh, it'll be fun to look at that, but yeah, it, it is amazing how it has turned into this amazing spectacle of sorts that covers not just comic books, but movies and video games, TV shows. One thing that I think is worth mentioning is that Stan Lee did not go to Comic-Con this year. And that's a big deal. 
he actually uh, had a video that he posted on social media where he was at home and he was just saying, oh, I wish I could be there, but I can't. Da, da, da. Honestly, I, th I think it's because his health is failing. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate uh, that that's the case. But I think he has officially gotten to the point where he's just he's too old to be able to travel to places like that, which is crazy because if I'm thinking about this accurately, I believe he does live in California. I don't think he lives like on the East Coast or anything. I think he is in California, and I do believe he's probably in Southern California somewhere. Well, I think at the rate they're pumping out these Marvel films, and I mean, I'm sure Disney has him right there in the chair telling him what's what with the comics and what made it popular and whatever. Uh, he, you know, at his age, you, just, you, you only got so much energy. Yeah. And you can't be flying all over the place more than you already are. You, at some point, you just want to be at home and stick with family and right. rest and whatever. Well, I think that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week as, of course, we will have something else real fun to chat about. But I would like to thank all of you for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm. And how much could they pledge a month, Steve? A dollar. That's right. Just for a dollar a month, you can get exclusive access and oftentimes early access to the show. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. In addition to iTunes and Android, you can listen to our podcast on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud.com slash Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. And of course, we always welcome you to be able to come into the chat and be able to leave a little note or two. We'll see you next week. See ya.